morning and welcome to our Daily Word and Prayer. My name is Tom Short, so glad to have you along today. As we get into the Word of God, talk about it, let it affect our lives. And this morning, I'm, we've been talking about the conflict between a creation versus evolution worldview and understanding of our origins. And I wonder if you've ever heard the term, the God of the gaps. Skeptics often accuse creationists of the God of the gaps. What they mean by this is that whenever we can't explain something, we just say, well, God did it. Now, what they're really referring to here is obviously creation. We put forth the idea that uh, whatever begins to exist has a cause. The universe began to exist. The universe must have a cause. The universe couldn't have caused itself, so it must be God. And they say, no, 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 no. You're just, you're uh, stopping your research. You're closing your mind. Someday we'll find out what really caused the universe. We'll know more about things. We won't have to talk about God. This is an old, outdated thing for people who don't think anymore. It's for the, the uneducated masses. It's prehistoric. It's Neanderthal. You've heard all the phrases. They may even say this about modern-day miracles. For instance, sometimes probably you, and no, if not in your own life or someone you love, has really seen a health miracle, something the doctors simply can't explain. They did everything they could, and they couldn't help, they couldn't save the person, but suddenly they got better, and there, there was no explanation for it, but instead of saying God did it or God answered prayer, they might say, no, 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 we'll figure out the reason why. We just don't know yet. It's all complicated. There's so much more to learn. And so this concept of the God of the gaps is often used against us as creationists and and basically a refusal to acknowledge God in anything. The people who believe this have an undying faith that science will one day be able to answer everything. Now, they like to polarize, they like to say that if you, either you're, you're all or nothing, either science has the answer to everything or you give credit to God for everything. And what would we like to say is that as creationists, we believe there's a God, there's a living God. He did set up natural laws that we are to discover and to utilize for the benefit of, of helping improve people's lives, helping save lives, so forth. But... We acknowledge that there is a God who at times directly intervenes and directly does miraculous things. He did it at the creation, and he does it throughout time as well. He's still an active, living God. This is really, this God of the gaps is a clash of worldviews. One view, our view, my view, believes there is this living God and believes that, that if you follow the evidence and you follow the thinking, it compels you to believe there is a God, and there's a God who's active. And another worldview believes just the opposite. No matter what you say, there is no God. I may not have the answer, but I know it's not God. I know it's not God, as we saw in the thumbnail sketch. And those of you who listen to the podcast may enjoy seeing the thumbnail of a uh, mad scientist where his answer is, I may not know the answer, I just know it's not God. And that's what people are like. Let's look, is there a verse that talks about this? Well, there's many. I'd like to start this morning with Jeremiah 17, where it says this, Cursed is the man, 
Cursed is the man who trusts in mankind and makes flesh his strength, and whose heart turns away from the Lord. It goes on to describe how he would be like a barren tree in a land of famine. He would wither and lose everything. On the contrary, Jeremiah 17 continues, blessed is the man who trusts in the Lord and whose trust is the Lord. It goes on to talk about he would be like a tree planted by streams of water. It would yield its fruit. It would be strong even in difficult times, times of hardship. Brothers and sisters, we want to be like this. We want to be like this. But he goes on to say, the next verse, the heart is more deceitful than all else and is desperately sick. Who can understand it? The point being that the heart, I believe the heart determines so often what we can understand and what we can know. If your heart has turned away from the Lord, if you no longer trust in God, if you if you have made flesh your strength, you've turned from God, you're going your heart will be deceived and your heart will deceive you. And you'll be mistaken and misunderstood. And on the other hand, if your heart is right with God and good with God, you'll see things and understand things. If you honor God, if you love God, if you trust in God, God will show you things and help you understand things. There's more scripture on this in Romans chapter one, where in Romans one, we see the decline of people, of society, of civilization, of humanity where it talks about how even in several phrases that I've chosen from Romans 1, verses 20 through 28, even though they knew God, they did not honor him as God or give thanks. goes on to say their foolish heart was darkened. Professing to be wise, they became fools. Wow, what a, what a word for so many people today. In the name of saying, I'm smarter, I'm wiser, I've rejected God, and God says they've really become fools. That why they exchange the truth of God for a lie. Again, what another powerful phrase that we want to make sure does not speak of us, but is true of so many in our society and so many throughout history. They've exchanged the truth of God for a lie. And finally, just as they did not see fit to acknowledge God any longer, God gave them over. One translation or a more literal translation might say, just as they did not see fit to have God in knowledge any longer, God gave them over. And you see, this is where we're at in our day and age, is it not? That there are people who exchange the truth of God for a lie, they profess to be wise, they refuse to have God in knowledge. The God of the gaps, the people who say to us that we're quick to, to say, well, we don't understand, so God did it, I would say... No, we only really refer to that when there's really a bona fide miracle or when we're talking about creation. I mean, for instance, we who believe in creation, we don't say if, if we see a, something drop we, and we don't understand gravity yet, we don't say, well, God made it drop. We basically say, let's keep understanding, let's keep researching. Someday we'll understand gravity better than we do now and understand how it works. But the point being this, just as we're accused of bringing God in too quickly, I would say this other worldview refuses to bring God in even when even when compelled to do so. And so I'd like to look this morning at a few things that uh, that maybe we should, excuse me here, I didn't, 
that a big area of change that I'd like to talk, big area of difference is this. I had a slide, but I guess not. A big area of difference is this. As creationists who believe Genesis, we believe God created a fully functioning, interdependent creation. Evolutionists believe that that from the beginning, somehow life started very simple, and over time, as a result of mutations, natural selection, adaptation, etc., that organisms become far more complex. Simple example is it would be to the human being. We believe God created Adam and Eve fully, fully functional as human beings. They believe that somehow we start as a single cell of life somehow in some primordial soup. In time, those cells multiplied, developed, different forms of life came, uh, simple forms in time. You know, you had fish, amphibians, reptiles, mammals, birds, mammals, and humans. We went from simple to complex. I have some simple questions about this that I think cannot be answered by the God in the gaps. And that is a simple look at human beings. Look at, look at the complexity of us. Example, we have a brain and we have a heart. The brain can't work without the heart. The heart can't work without the brain. Which evolved first? We believe they were both created at the same time. They were created interdependent. They were created to work with work interdependently. This is what, what some scientists are calling intelligent design theory. That there's so when there's so much complexity and interdependence, it requires that it all came to be at once, which requires an, an intelligent designer. Someone, something made it work all together. Design, if I step back one bit, how would we define design? Design is when you have in uh, multiple parts come together at the same time, the same in the right way in order to perform a function. So like I said, we have a brain and a heart. Evolution would say they did not evolve at the same time. Well, I ask, what good is the brain without a heart? What good is the heart without a brain? Which one came first? Let's take it a step further. Our circulatory system. We have a heart. We have blood. We have blood vessels. We have lungs that, that, that bring the oxygen into the blood. We have spleen that cleans the blood. Which came first? What value would the heart be without a circulatory system? What value would the circulatory system be without, without blood? What value would the blood be without a heart to pump it? Which came first? For evolution to happen, for there to be contended as a contend that mutations caused something to appear and natural selection said that was an advantage so it remained, we're talking about all of these things would have to have begun, been evolving at the same time. How about male-female? How did we go from asexual to sexual creatures? In other words, asexual, no male-female is required, but male-female, what's required? You've got to have a male with sperm and a female with egg. You've got to have a way for, to get it from the male to the female. The female then has to be able to incubate it and then give birth to it and, then, and, and so forth. Incredibly complex, incredibly complex systems. And somehow, we believe God created it all at the same time. And so it was interdependent, fully functional, mature from the beginning of time. Evolutionists believe that somehow these changes occurred 
over millions of years, and whichever ones were positive remained, called natural selection. Whichever ones weren't, passed away. I just don't buy it. Now, you know, the God of the gaps, folks would say, you credit God, and someday they'll figure it out. I say, I say those who are living in denial refuse to acknowledge God when it's obvious something like this happened. If you saw something quite advanced, say a car, say, let's say a building, if you walked by a, a pile of bricks and a junkyard, you wouldn't say anyone made it. You'd just say it just got dumped there. But when you see a building where it's got design to it, it's got electrical system, it's got heating system, it's got windows, it's got a certain, it looks, you know, certain symmetry to it. You say there's design there. And you realize if there was design, there had to be a designer. There had to be an architect. No architect was needed for the junkyard. That just got dumped from the dump truck. But the building where it put it all together, a designer was required. And yet the people who refuse to acknowledge God, who trust in the flesh, who, who trust in their own wisdom and knowledge, have an undying faith that someday we will be able to explain these incredible ministries rather than give credit to the God who created in his all-knowing, omniscient mind of an incredible world, universe, incredible human beings, fully functional, interdependent organs, interdependent in needing one another in our entire environment. To me, God is the answer. That makes sense. That's logical. I think God expects that too. He says in Romans 1, if you don't acknowledge that, you're without excuse because what God has done has been clearly seen. So the next time someone says to you, well, what about the God of the gaps? You're You're just attributing things to God that we don't understand. No, we're not doing that with everything, but we are doing that when intelligence and logic and reason requires that you don't have design, you don't have fully developed, mature, interdependent, functioning organisms that all just kind of came by chance. It requires a designer. We call him God. Father in heaven, we bless you today, and we thank you and give you praise as our creator. We acknowledge this. Lord, you, we, we did not just come about. It is the Lord who made us. And as such, we give you authority and acknowledge you have the rightful authority over our lives and over all of your creation. We honor you and worship you today. We give you praise. We want you to be glorified for who you are and what you've done. Lord, we stand amazed at the world in which we live, the universe, the stars. We can we consider that. We consider the bigness of the universe, the smallness of a cell. We consider how, Lord, the more we discover in science, the more we are compelled to praise the in wisdom and omniscience of the creator of it all. We give you praise and we love you and honor you today in Jesus' name. Amen, amen, and amen. Hey, folks, so glad to have you along with me today as we get into the Word of God, talk about it. We're in this series on evolution. When we get here to get uh, in our time together, we talk about Christian growth. We talk about answering questions from the skeptics. We are building our faith in Christ. Brothers and sisters, we need to be strong and mighty. We're living more and more in a environment that is hostile to our Christian faith. It's not enough to just get like 30 minutes of Bible time a week. Not enough to just make it to church every now and then. Not enough to just read the Bible when you feel like it. 
We need to develop the consistent habit of learning the Bible. And so if you want to be a part of this and you want to do that, I invite you to join us every day. We're here live, 8.30 a.m. Eastern Time. But also you can watch later in the day or you can even just listen to the podcast on the Apple, Spotify, or Google platforms. We believe we want to be mighty Christians. We're willing to pay the price to get into the Word of God and to allow His Word to transform our mind, our heart, our soul, everything about us to become mighty for Jesus Christ, men and women of God. That's what I believe for you who come here regularly. I believe I know I'm sowing, sowing God's Word on good soil. It's taken root and it's changing your life. So I'm so glad to be with you. Those of you here regularly, uh, I love you. Those of you who are, who are not or new, I love you too. I hope you join us. Hit the subscribe, notify, leave a comment below, join our community. So until we meet tomorrow, my God bless you, strengthen you, fill you with courage, fill you with strength, fill you with love, fill you with faith. We'll see you tomorrow. God bless you. Bye-bye.